to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for stopping by Houston Sports Talk. Robert Land along with co-host R.G. Seal starting our sixth year doing this. And thanks to a kid from Tomball, Texas, the Astros clinched their second straight division title. Seattle Mariner Chris Herman with a two-run homer in the 11th to beat the A's. I woke up Wednesday morning. RG found out we'd won the West, jumped in the bathtub, and started dousing myself with champagne. How about you? Yeah, kind of the same thing. Uh, a lot of champagne bottles flying off the shelf, right, for a uh, division that's won in the middle of the night. I don't even know how many Astros were up for it. I guess on social media you can see, but it's kind of like the playoffs finally getting here. It's like... You know, we've been waiting for the eighth season of Game of Thrones. It's kind of like that right now. It's the playoffs. How many weeks have we been talking about that just finally get here? And, and fortunately, the Astros win the AL West. They don't have to play that wild card game. Big relief. But the playoffs are finally here. So uh, that's exciting, too. Yeah, we can start breaking it down a little bit. But uh, fun stat for you baseball geeks. The Astros are only the fifth defending World Series champion to win at least 100 games in the divisional era the other four the 1971 Orioles the 76 Reds 78 Yankees and 1990 A's all four teams were back in the World Series that year the Reds and Yankees defended their title so that's pretty cool yeah they picked up their 100th win and RG the Astros play the Indians in the playoffs starting next Friday October 5th we already know that we can talk about the matchup shortly but I want to ask you this just to start off with you and I you know we went over our starting uh, preferred rotation in our last show. What are you thinking about in the bullpen from this perspective? The Astros said they found the issue mechanically with Hector Rendon. He looked a little bit better in his last appearance, but who do you pitch in the seventh, eighth, and ninth in a close playoff game and in what order? If, well, well if, first if of all, you. we don't we we don't know like in this first series. I mean, I'm assuming the Astros are going to be because it's only a five-game series, remember. So if you have four starters there... And in fact, some of the starters, let's say the Astros are down two to one. Uh, maybe they uh, go ahead and, you know, uh, you know, pitch Dristan Berlander on short rest. So you're, you're going to take four starters. Last year, they took 14 position players and 11 pitchers. So that means seven relievers. So that can change again, as we've discussed before, you can change your rosters between series so they can have 13 and 12 in the next yeah, series. Yeah, I, I, I want to get to the makeup in a bit, but I'm, I'm asking you. But, like, well, that affects it because you have to say, OK, instead of eight relievers, you're only taking seven. So that means seven relievers. Who are your relievers going to be? And then which ones do you take? And then. Uh, yeah, and how you set it up for the late innings. Well, we know Roberto Osuna is going to close. Uh, right now, Ryan uh, Presley, to me, he's the eighth inning guy. He's the guy that you want in there beforehand. And then, you know, you have your, your – your, you might go with Rondon for the seventh. You might go with a Joe Smith. You might go with a Tony Sip, depending on matchups. I mean, if uh, uh, if uh, Lance McCullers is on the roster, he's a wild card. He's going to be pitching as we're recording this. He's getting back in for a couple of outings. And that guy could even, you know, we saw him close games last year in the playoffs. So, I mean, there's a lot of different options. I think the only solids that you can say is that Ryan Presley is going to be in there and, and Roberto Osuna is now the closer. Yeah, I would go with Colin McHugh in the seventh inning. I get it. There's going to be some matchup things because you got, you know, Joe Smith and Tony Sip, lefty, righty things. Sometimes you're going to be in that situation. But 
I mean, I, I just can't. I mean, I don't know about you. I can't depend on Lance McCullers, right? I mean, how can he ramp it up quickly? I mean, he has, has he pitched a game yet? We, we don't know yet. Well, you know, he's pitched simulated games. He's going to be pitching. He's on the roster. He's going to be, as we're recording this, he's supposed to pitch in the game. Uh, uh, the Astros have already clinched, but he's going to pitch in the uh, day game, the afternoon game in Toronto, and he's supposed to pitch again over the weekend. So we'll see how he is. But remember, he came back late last season, too, kind of barely had any work in. Remember, it was the last weekend of the season against the Red Sox. He got in some work and then he was all of a sudden, you know, in, in the, the first divisional series and then he was starting games doing. So we have to we have to see him. But if he's healthy and he's available and he can come out of the, the bullpen, that's going to be a legit thing. And to get back about Colin McHugh, look, the guy's had a great season. And yes, he'll be used in situations, too. But he has he doesn't. And in, in, uh, he's we know he's somebody that has to hit spots. He's got to have all his, you know, his curveball working, his changeup working. He's not the high velocity guy coming out of the bullpen. Uh, somebody like a Josh James excites me because that's a guy that can come in throw 100 miles per hour. And as we've seen in the playoffs, if you can have guys that come in and throw heat, miss bats, uh, that's that's an advantage. That's why Ryan Presley with his uh, K, K through nine ratio, and you have uh, now Roberto Asuna as your closer. You've got guys. I mean, if you throw Josh James in the mix, we know Lance McCullers with his. Uh, 97, 98 mile per hour fastball, and his devastating curveball. If he's available to use out there, so and there are going to be guys that don't even make the roster that were on the World Series team last year. I mean, Brad Peacock is a big question mark right now. Uh, Chris Davinsky, a big question mark right now. So I mean, you have uh, it's going to be very interesting how the Astros can come down to the wire as to how they compose this bullpen. But I have a question for you, and it is kind of on roster, roster construction. If they do go with 14 players, so we've mentioned all the guys that we have. Do you go for a third catcher, a bat like a Max Stassi, or do you add somebody to the roster like a Miles Straw who could be that pinch runner, a guy you? I mean, this guy can. Literally, if you have him on first base and there's a, a you know, a opposite field hit or something, I mean, you know, the guy might be able to come around and score. I mean, do you want that kind of speed on the base pass and in late innings that you could, uh, you know, have in a game there that just the, the, the way that the guy with his speed, with his base running skills? Yeah, or do you want yeah. something that yeah, with, I, I have this in my notes? I, this is what I've actually this is my ne- probably my next thing. In my well, notes. But I, I want to ask you, too, because another thing to consider is Trevor Bowers on the Indians and Max Stassi had a home run off of him earlier this year has some, you know, so it's somebody that, you know, that again, if you have good numbers against somebody, and you know, you're going to be facing that guy and he's going to be he's a tough guy when the Astros have faced him. You know, that could be a potential guy you pinch hit with, too, or you put in the lineup. So you would say, but you would take Miles Straw over over a Max Stassi? Well, let, let me just, I'm going to tell you how I would construct the roster, because I, I think it's its really interesting. First of all, we talk about Josh James. At, at this point, that guy's just ridiculous. He, he is crazy good, not just the 100-mile-an-hour fastball, but that changeup is nasty as hell. And, you know, I, I'd love to have, like, Josh James, Framber Valt. I mean, they've got so many guys to go with. It, it's really nice. You know, different from the last couple of times the Astros were in the playoffs. But my top seven is still McHugh, Presley, Osuna, Rondon, Sip, Joe Smith. And I, I, I'll still take Peacock just because of what he did last year. And he's been clutch. And if something goes wrong with Charlie Morton or some one of the starters, Peacock's probably my first guy that I want to give it extended innings to. I want to keep McHugh and the back end because I think his, his fastball, his velocity has been better back there. And, and he's been so good out of the bullpen and late inning situations. But, you know, I would, if, I, if it's me, um, unlike last year, 
I'm going to add Josh James into the mix. I'm going to have 12 guys. Uh, Lance McCullers, to me, isn't going to be able to get it ramped up quickly enough. So I, I want Josh James. and I, got, I want that guy as a weapon. Um, now, here's the situation because, really, when you look at it, the, the Astros are not deep in position players. I mean, I, yeah, Max Stassi, but he's barely played. He's not in any sort of rhythm. For, for, for one pitcher, I'm not keeping Max Stassi on the roster. So, you know, my regulars are the, you know, the, basically the, the main guys. I got Tyler White at DH and Marwin in left field. Um, so they're your eight guys to start with. And then Maldonado is number nine. Then the last four guys are, to me, Kemp, Gaddis, Marisnik, and, and yeah, I want the speedster Miles Straw. We haven't seen Derek Fisher at all. So I want speed. I'll take that Miles Straw. He is lightning quick. He's a great weapon to have late in games. And yeah, I don't, I, I'm not interested in Stassi. And by the way, at this point, RG, I don't know what you think. Marisnik and Reddick may be platooning because Reddick and Marisnik are basically the same hitter this year. Not past years, but they're not a whole lot different this year. And Marisnik's defense might be the difference of like, let me just try to put him uh, in against lefties in this series. Did you say you would have a roster construction of 13 and 12? Right. Yeah. I think it's 13 and 12 for my, yes. 13. Well, because if you have 13, then you can't add somebody else like a Stassi or a, a Stassi or a, you know, a, a Kyle Tucker or a Miles Straw. Somebody can't be added unless you're going to have 14. I'm sorry. Cause I'm thinking of nine guys instead of eight regulars. So yeah, you're right. So maybe, yeah, maybe you, th- I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's tough to put Miles Straw in cause you got to have Marisnik. Gaddison camp and you got to have a backup catcher so yeah right right so I mean I'm saying if you go with a 14 man roster and 11 pitchers which is what the Astros could potentially do then you add somebody like a mile straw for the speed on the base passes or you add a third catcher like a Max Dassey or or whatever uh, however you might want to do it but if you're if you're going to you know like we said here um, if you're going to uh, have it to where you know you have uh a 13 and 12, like what you're suggesting, it just depends, 14, 11, 13, and 12. But if you want to have eight relievers and four starters, seven relievers, four starters, it just in a five-game series, I think that A.J. Hinch is going to be relying on the guys. We saw it last year. Remember, he took Jason Ver- Justin Verlander. You know, you get into those, if you're down in a series two to one, you know, Justin Verlander's coming out of the, you know, he was coming out of the bullpen last year when the Astros were up two to one, but he just, A.J. Hinch didn't want that fifth game. So, I mean, he was immediately going to his best guys, you know, backs against the wall in a, in a game four or game five. So I think that, you know, like who are going to be the guys that you rely on in that type of situation? It'll be, you may, you know, hey, maybe Justin Verlander comes in, maybe Garrett Cole comes in in game four or game five. You know, maybe, you know, you switch things up because you're just trying to win that game. It's just such a different thing because you're already in the middle of the series practically. So guys who, you know, you would more normally think, okay, they would be in a regular season game. I, I'm, I'm thinking of like a Joe Smith, a, you know, even a Colin McHugh. Those are guys maybe if, you're, if your backs are against the wall in a game four, game five, because you, you're just using everybody on your roster, uh, you know, starters like, a you know, if Charlie Morton starts the game again, like what maybe Justin Berliner comes in in relief, you know, to come in, in there or, or Garrett Cole to give you an inning or two, you know. So, I mean, that's why it's just such a, a weird uh, and, and A.J. Hinch and Jeff Luna, they're going to have to decide on this, how they want to construct their roster, because five game series, much, much different than a seven game series where pretty much universally you're going to take the extra pitcher and just to have that kind of wherewithal, because it's like, you know, the first two games, you're not. 
if you lose a, a, a one of the games in a best of five series, you already feel like your back's against the wall. You have to protect those first two, right? Uh, or else you, you could be going up to Cleveland to, to, to be eliminated. So, I mean, that's why it's Astros. And so then it's all hands on deck and uh, emergency situation. The only regular season guys that are the regular players I'm going to be pinch hitting for probably it's the catcher. I mean, anybody else? I mean, maybe if Reddick is starting, it's Marisnik, or if Marisnik is starting, it's Reddick. But I mean, who else are you going to be pinch hitting for where you need uh, all of these regular season guys? I mean, Gaddis is going to be Gaddis and Kemp are going to be your primary pinch hitters, right? And and they're going to be pinch hitting for the catcher, and that, and and you can only pinch hit for the catcher one time. Right. Well, I mean, we don't know. I mean, like you said before, if Jeff, Josh Reddick's in the game and he's batting eighth or ninth and you might pinch hit for him, you might pitch hit for I mean, I hate to say it. You know, I mean, I love Carlos Correa, but if he's in the lineup and he's not hitting well and he hasn't hit well at the end of the season here and he's on, in, in the game there, you might even consider pinch hitting in a situation for him, which I never would have said, you know, two or three weeks ago. But the guys, you know, basically play, been playing injured. And then you have, you know, you, I mean, you still, I mean, just depending on situations, but yeah, I mean, it's most likely going to be for a catcher, but there's also pinch running if a guy gets on base. So you're going to want to be able to, that's why I think having that speed, that guy that you can in late innings. And that's where, I mean, uh, Tony Kemp's a, a great base runner. Again, my mile straw, if the Astros decide to put him on the roster, because we, we know in these tight games when it's. Every base runner, that's the thing about play, playoff baseball. You get a base runner on, all of a sudden makes a pitcher nervous in that situation. The bullpen's late. They can crack. But if you have a guy on who can score, basically, uh, that, that's why it's so tantalizing to me. To, there are two guys that are tantalizing to put on the roster, of course. It's like Josh James, like you said, with 100 miles. And I think he will be on the roster because of what you said, just – He's just so exciting to watch with that live arm. And, the, and, and what if the bases are loaded and you need a strikeout? Who are you going to have except for Ryan Presley that you think could come in there and just blow somebody away? I mean, I think that, you know, A.J. Hinch would also bring in its closer in a situation like that. But, yeah, I mean, Ryan Presley, to me, is the best guy out of the bullpen right now. I mean, he's hands down been pitching the best late. And, uh, you know, Ron Doan, a lot of us have been groaning uh, you know, with the way that he's pitched. But apparently, you know, when he came in and the Astros uh, went over Toronto, their second game of the Toronto series, and he pitched well. And they said that they fixed a flaw in his delivery. So it's been a mechanical problem. So we'll see if that if he can start getting some clean. Because remember, for a, a big part of the season, Hector Rondon was the, the best pitcher out of the bullpen on the Astros. Uh, so, you know, uh by the way, what did you think of the whole Ken uh, Giles comments uh, back in Toronto and saying that A.J. Hinch really wasn't a great communicator? Uh, I don't care. I mean, Ken Giles, I, I, that guy's a head case. And, you know, A.J. Hinch, the guy's one of the best communicators in, in Houston sports history. So I, I, and there, I've never heard anybody else in the – I mean, just who cares? But I, there, there was one thing. You mentioned Correa. And before I forget, I want to bring this up because – the Astros, RG, they're not the only team with shortstop injury concerns now. I mean, we're worried about Correa, but the Red Sox, Xander Bogart's dealing with shoulder soreness. Uh, so he might be uh, a little bit banged up. And the Yankees, Didi Gregorius, he might be done for the playoffs. I mean, the way uh, uh, they were talking about uh, this past weekend, it looked like uh, he had a slide on a game-winning play, but it, it could have cost Didi Gregorius. And, you know, I don't think the Red Sox lineup – is all that deep. So if Xander Bogarts is having some issues, I mean, that's, that's going to be a big thing for the Red Sox. 
Well, I think their lineup is deep, and I, I think that, you know, adding J.D. Martinez this year, the way that Mookie bats, they've both been playing MVP level. But you're you're correct. I mean, if, if, Xander, if Xander Bogarts isn't healthy or, or can't go or is diminished, I mean, that obviously reduces their lineup, just like Carlos Correa not being healthy for the Astros. You know, you need a healthy Correa. Look how many clutch hits he had in the playoffs last year. So somebody else will have to step up there. And the offense just hasn't been as good. It was a historic offense last season. We've talked about it before. But you know, it just hasn't been the same offense this season. So uh, you have to get the production elsewhere. But I, I think a big question that we have not talked about it, for the Astros as far as injury concerns, it's really Charlie Morton. Because, I mean, this was something that we – we, uh, he had a shoulder injury, was put on the DL, then came back, made a start. But then he was removed again for shoulder precaution. He's, they, uh, AJ Hinch said after the game, well, he could have pitched. If it was a playoffs, we would put him out there. But anytime you still are having shoulder tenderness and this late in the season and how important he's been for the Astros, how many clutch wins that he had uh, last year in the playoffs or in or just the season that he's had this year. I know he's had a lot of mileage on his arm, but to me, that's a big concern going into the playoffs. How healthy is Charlie Morton? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I love Charlie and uh, he's a huge deal, but it's, it's nice when you've got so many guys and you've got options. Like I said, there, there is Brad Peacock. And then you might even keep Josh James around in case something happens to Morton. Cause Josh James, you know, he's pitched uh, four or five inning starts and, or five inning starts and, and, and look good. So he's pitched some extended time. So you could also do that if you don't want to mess up the rest of your bullpen, you know, however you want to treat it. But I mean, you say the Red Sox lineup is deep, deep. Can I, can I just go through it for a second? Cause Mookie and JD Martinez, they're great. Bogarts is the next guy. He's the next best player. Well, I like Andrew Benatendi. I like Moreland. He's always been a good hitter against the Astros. You know I mean? There's, but Moreland, I mean, we're talking about, they have top, they have four guys that are on another kind of tier, you know, Benatendi and Bogarts. Yeah. And then Betts and Martinez, but. I mean, outside of that, you go down the rest of that list. I mean, nobody's got an OPS above 761. Nobody's hitting more than 274 in those bottom five guys. I mean, I mean, let's be serious. I mean, they got guys, but they don't have great guys. They're not a super Well, deep but they've lineup. had guys. But look, I, I mean, their offense, I mean, the way that both Betts and, and J, uh, J.D. Martinez have been MVP candidate types this year. And I, I know Alec. Bregman has been on the Astros, but the, the power numbers for Jose Altuve, he's not having the same year that he had previous year. We've already mentioned about Carlos Correa, you know, uh, you know, some of the Astros up and down the lineup. I just am saying like that's that's still a a because it's so those two guys in the middle of their lineup are just on such another level right now. That's a lineup to be feared. And, and, and I think you're just giving kind of short shrift looking at just straight out uh, some of these uh, players on the Red Sox. I mean, again, uh, Moreland's always been a guy that's, uh, you know, been a been a solid hitter from when he was with the Rangers, now with the Red Sox, and uh, you know, I, I like the way that Ben Attendee takes pitches, and you know, I mean, they're 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 not going to be an easy lineup, and hey, that's not who the Astros are facing. They're facing the Cleveland Indians. Let's not forget about this team, and that team does have a good lineup. We haven't even discussed it yet, and it's got Francisco Lindor, it's got Jose Ramirez, two guys also in MVP discussions. And then you had uh, you have Josh Donaldson, who they just added. You have Michael Brantley, who's who's been playing. Uh, you, you know, I mean, their lineup is, again, a, a very good lineup. It's underrated and they have a very good starting rotation. You know, you can put out now that Trevor Bauer's back, uh, Corey Kluber, we know the Cy Young's. I mean, this is one of the great starters 
Uh, yeah, if he's pitching in a major market, we'd be hearing a lot more about him. But uh, I mean, Corey Kluber, I mean, just look at his mantelpiece there. And then you have, uh, you know, even a Carlos Carrasco, Mike Clevenger, they have the starting pitching there too. So, I mean, let's, let's not, I mean, the Red Sox is potentially a foe down the road in the ALCS, but they have to get by either the Yankees or the A's, which won't be easy. And the Astros have to get by the Indians. No, I'm not discounting the Indians at all. I'm just pointing out that the, you were talking about the Red Sox lineup. I just want to make that point. But um, what, what do you think about that? How do you like the match? Do you think the matchup is good for the Astros, bad for the Astros? Or it, it, this is pretty even uh, matchup right now? Because the Indians, I mean, the Astros have won 100 games. The Indians have won 88 and last year, but the Indians were favored last year going in. And I mean, they were on a roll and everybody was like, oh, the Indians, the Indians, you know, now people might say, well, the Astros, I mean, they're, hey, they're, they're you know, it's the playoffs. So anything can happen. What do you think there? Look, historically, I, I mean, I, I, Justin Verlander's pitched great in the postseason, but he has had his problems with the Cleveland Indians. So it's like, okay, I mean, still, uh, you know, facing them in a postseason matchup, uh, I'd still give the edge to the Astros there. There with the, you know, but their rotations, they're very good. I mean, like I said, you got Corey Kluber going up against Justin Verlander. You got Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer. Those type of matchup. I mean, that was really starting. If you still like starting pitching, and you're just not for these bullpenning games, I mean, these these this Astros Indian series will be one to watch. Reason why I give the Astros an advantage, look, uh, just because of the season that they had, but it's because of the bullpen. We mentioned that the Astros have one of the bullpens in the American League and all of baseball, really. Look, the Astros are looking at guys that they might even you know, not put on the roster. Andrew Miller's been injured. He's not been the same pitcher that he has been in the past. He's still, you know, a great left-handed weapon that uh, Francona will have. But, you know, Cody Allen's been very inconsistent this year, their closer, and that used to be a lockdown guy. And now he's not. And so that you just have, when you have that uncertainty at the back of the bullpen, and then if they've acquired Brad Hand, great move. They have some other guys, but overall their bullpen is much weaker. So if you can get into a game where it goes into the bullpen and it's advantage Astros, and most of the games in the postseason end up being decided by the bullpens, as we've seen. I mean, with the Astros last year, they won a World Series because they were able to shift starters to the bullpen. And that's maybe what, uh, you know, Terry Francona might do. He might start putting Trevor Bauer in there, you know, to, to finish up games and, you know, be the guy. So I, it's going to be a very interesting matchup. I, and you know, with Josh Donaldson, you know, adding them that really lengthens their lineup. They have Edward and Carnacion. I mean, they have some really good hitters, of course, Lindor and Ramirez, we've already mentioned. So it's not going to be easy uh, for the Astros. Uh, you know, again, I, I think it's a tough matchup, but I would give the Astros the advantage. And I'm, you know, looking at the Astros going to the ALCS. Yeah, I mean, Brad Hand, when I look at that bullpen, I mean, he he's the guy right now, really, isn't he? I mean, Andrew Miller is pretty good. Outside of those two guys, I mean, I'd go through the bullpen with them. I don't know, RG, are you seeing anybody that scares you or you go, uh-oh, that guy's coming into the game? Well, no, that's what I'm saying. That's why the Astros have an advantage right there. You know, in a short series, it just depends how uh, – to me, it's going to be can they get to Corey Kluber? Uh, I think over his career, like Jose Altuve's really hit Corey Kluber well. There's certain guys that have hit you know, Kluber well. But look, this is one of the best pitchers in, in, in the American League. The Astros have always had problems with Trevor Bauer. So it's just like, I mean, it just depends if they can if they can get into the bullpen, if they can knock the starters out, you know, uh, by the fourth or the fifth inning, because, you know, and, and what Terry Francona does there, you know, does he does he all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's a critical moment in the game. You know, I mean, in the in the past, he's always been able to go to and, you know, before it was Brian Shaw and, and member and uh, 
Andrew Miller and then closing out with Cody Allen. Well, Cody Allen, like we said, he's suspect now. So it's like, okay, you got to go to Brad Hand. Well, he can't pitch all the time. He can pitch an inning or two, you know, so it just it depends how, you know, what what kind of the situation is late. And even if they do put Cody Allen in there, the Astros have to feel better about going up against him than they would have, you know, two years ago going up against him because he just hasn't been the same pitcher. You know, at this point in, in, in a baseball season, I, I always ask the same question, RG. What would Bill O'Brien do right now? How would he prepare? And uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, how would how do you think Bill O'Brien would prepare for this game or uh, for this uh, postseason? I don't even want to know because he's been out coached <laughs> in so many ways. We know that Francona would just uh, you know make mincemeat out of him. <laughs> it's a good thing he's he's nowhere near the. Uh, keep him away. Keep just keep him away from Minute Maid Park. Uh, keep him away from televisions where he's not even cannot even. Well, maybe we should eh, maybe we should let him watch it on television. Maybe he could learn something from the Astros and, and AJ Hinch and everything like that. I guess I wanted to ask you on the Rockets. I mean, I, I haven't been able to talk to you about like the Jeff Bezdelic stepping down, but to me, that's a huge loss. And uh, you know, I know they're saying, oh, Roy Rogers, and way, hey, we have the defensive players that know the system now. But remember, the uh, the Rockets ended up losing this offseason. Trevor Ariza, one of their best defensive players. Luke Mbumute, one of their best defensive players. Uh, they replaced him with James Ennis, who's a good defensive player, not quite their caliber. And, of course, Carmelo Anthony, who's a below-average defensive player. Then they lose the guy who came over, instituted the switching system uh, that was so effective against Golden State and has been one of the best defensive coaches. I, I just don't think that you say, okay, well, you know, it's going to be the same. And, you know, while well, PJ Tucker is still there and Chris Paul is still there and it's it's going to be just kind of this magic, seamless transition. I mean, this is going to be a weaker defensive team. Don't you agree? Of course. I mean, yeah, you can't say they're not going to be a weaker defensive team. However, um, I, I, I can't believe that they're just going to forget what Bezelic just has been teaching him over the last couple of I mean, you know, it wasn't like this was like 14 years ago. I mean, he just left like a couple of weeks ago. They just took Golden State with his stuff. You know, I mean, how could you forget what they're doing? And P.J. Tucker is a smart guy. I mean, they were talking about him. In uh, media day, like he's a star. I mean, they're, I mean, basically, Mike D'Antoni said, you know, this guy is sort of like a you know a mini star for us because of all the different things that he can do out on the floor and, and the way he plays defense and the and the way he communicates with guys out there and makes the team better. I mean, we talk a, a little bit about Ariza and his ability to communicate and what he does on the floor um, outside of just defensively, but you know, PJ Tucker brought a lot of that as well. You know, he's running traffic and. And that kind of thing. I mean, Chris Paul can do it as well if you can keep Chris Paul healthy. So, but yeah, it's that's going to be the big question: is is can the Rockets stay with teams like Golden State or it's all it is? You know, forget it. Everybody else, they're going to be fine defensively. On let's be honest, it's it's Golden State. That's who you're concerned about. That's that's the the holy grail. And look, um, we keep saying this. It's been said a million times. You know, I just talked to David Weiner on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. He said the same thing. The Rockets and Daryl Morey, it's not February yet. The roster's not set. They can still add guys. You know, there's still going to be guys out there uh, that are going to be let go and you can pick up. There's still going to be trades to be made. I, I am not sure that Brandon Knight's going to be a Rocket in a few months. So, What about uh, Jimmy Butler being on the block? I mean, I don't think he's going to the Rockets, but they've been rumored in there. And, of course, Daryl Morey's in on every big – where do you think he'll end up? Will he end up with the Clippers? Will he end up with the Nets, the Knicks? Which team do you see him ending up with? Boy, I, I literally don't have a clue on this one because, 
none of them have deals that the guys that are the teams that are rumored none of them have deals that'll just kind of blow minnesota away minnesota is kind of do you see the rockets proposing a deal is there any deal in your mind that that could get jimmy butler i mean there's deals that you can get jimmy butler i just don't know if the rockets would want to give up those guys i mean if you if you offered them I mean, it might not sound like a lot because Jimmy Butler's maybe one of the top 15 players in the in the league, but you could offer him P.J. Tucker and Aaron Gordon, and maybe that would, and Eric Gordon, but maybe that would get them interested, but in a first-round pick, obviously. But, you know, I just, I don't see the Rockets wanting to give up two pieces for one piece. I feel like that that's going to take too much away from uh, their depth and their bench and what P.J., does defensively and what Aaron Gordon does stretching the floor, all, all of those things. So, yeah, I mean, I would be shocked if the Rock, unless, unless they're, they're just in a bind and, and maybe you only have to give up one of those guys, then I guess you give up Jimmy Butler. But he remember, he's a free agent at the end of the year. And how do the Rockets sign him with the contracts that they've got with Chris Paul and James Harden and Capella? And, you know, are you, get, are you getting rid of one of those guys so you can keep Jimmy Butler? I don't know. I, I just don't see it happening. I mean, I, 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 you know, you never say never with Daryl Morey, you know, it's, I, but I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I guess it's a never say never with Daryl Morey. I, I would agree with you. I don't see it happening. It's kind of remote. I see him going someplace else. And there are a lot of teams that, you know, can be out there to, and of course there might be uh, Sacramento might be, be in the, the deal. Cause they're the one team with still with some cap room. Correct. So some kind of three-way deal where they take on, you know, one of the, uh, yeah, bad um, Minnesota contracts. Yeah, there might there might be a situation where like Sacramento, who's got all this cap space, they might right. be involved in a three way deal because Gorgie Jang's exactly. a terrible contract with the T Wolves, and so you know you want if you're the Timberwolves and you've got to trade Jimmy Butler, get rid of that because you don't want to be paying all your money to Gorgie Jang, Andrew Wiggins, and right Carl Anthony Town. I mean, that's just that's they're they're in trouble. That owner Glenn Taylor, that guy's a total. He's an idiot. I mean, I I'm sorry. That guy's not not a good owner. But they just signed Carl Anthony Towns. But I, I a lot of people are saying that's going to be the team that drops out of the playoffs. Because look, the Lakers are going to make the playoffs this year with LeBron James, correct? So uh, of course. So then you you knock you have to knock one team out of a very tight Western Conference. Maybe another team gets in there that wasn't in there this past season, like the Denver Nuggets. I mean, you expect that it's going to be the uh, Golden State Warriors, the Rockets, the Lakers, and then you know. Oklahoma City, Utah Jazz, right? Those type of teams. But yeah, it's kind of a free-for-all. The Spurs will figure it out. They'll somehow f- sure. find a way. Anything else? Anything other sports-wise on your mind? Well, I was uh, curious. You were mentioning Bill O'Brien earlier. It's kind of like, to me, these next two games, I mean, not that already being 0-3 is critical right here, but uh, you know, this upcoming game, it's at Indianapolis. It's been a horror, a house of horror for the, uh, remember the old House of Pain with Jerry Glanville, the house of horror for uh, the the Houston Texans over the years, and you know Andrew Luck's back there now, the quarterback, and uh, you know they they've had some a, a win. I mean, at least they have a win on their or their schedule, and and they played much better to start off the season than they played last year, obviously without Andrew Luck. So this is a critical game. Then you then you have the next game coming up after that is the Cowboys game. That's going to be so if the, even if the Texans are the critical 0- games happen because you're zero three and you're not going to no, make me, the playoffs. Let me just finish my point here first, though. OK, so it's like, yeah, it's zero three. We know that it's great. But look, I, if they win this weekend at Indianapolis, people, are, oh, one, one and three. And then if they beat the Cowboys two and three and then they got on the schedule, you know, kind of an easier 
schedule uh if you look over it i, I don't know it, it looked before the season it looked easily the cleveland I'm browns saying these next two games i can see the team quit i i can literally see them if they if they don't win this weekend maybe you get one more game where you coax it out because it's a dallas cowboys it's once every four years it's once every eight years in houston and it's a sunday night game on nbc so that will be a game where they come out fired up and everything but if they lose that or if they're zero and five or one and four i can see this thing being a two and twelve three and thirteen type season for bill bill o'brien i mean i can just see the wheels falling off so you maybe get two more games here where you've got like the passion because their backs are against the wall. They really have to win this weekend. But if they don't and they're zero and four, you'd maybe get one max effort game out of the team. For, I mean, I'm saying for the coaching staff and uh, because of the Cowboys situation. After that, I just could see. I mean, it could be complete like utter chaos, collapse. Uh, you know, just because if you're zero and five or one and four, you know, we saw the one and four team that was the. Uh, that came back with the buddy Ryan, right? Was that one and three or one and four? I think it was one and four, right? Because they won 11 straight games. They were 12 and 40 in the season. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's really the only time that something like that's happened. It was historic and you have that type of thing. So yeah, to me, it's like, that's why these next two games are critical. I, I guess critical in that for Bill O'Brien and his family. If they come out and they win a game or two here, or they beat their... Then you have like the okay, even if the Texans don't make the playoff or do anything and they have an eight and eight, nine and seven season, I'm not saying that Bill O'Brien's the answer, but you might get the team still to play hard, think that they have it. But if you're 0 and five and you've lost and all of that and you're deflated, I just I just see the wheel. I mean, I just see a team that's potentially could be even, you know, like last season, you know. Yeah, Deshaun like, could have a talk when JJ Watt, but did, let's also keep in mind you know, Bill O'Brien hired basically Brian Gain. I mean, let's keep that in mind. Let's keep in mind he just got a contract extension. I mean, if they can somehow pull out a mediocre record, I think he's still around. You know, if, if yeah, if they drop the 2-14, I think the rest of the NFL starts laughing at the Texans if they don't. And maybe just by pure embarrassment, they, they, they have to get rid of Bill O'Brien if, if this team is like 3-13 and 13 or 2-14 and 14 or something like that, unless there's, an, you know, some injuries like to Deshaun or something that we're not factoring in. But, yeah, I mean, and, and I don't know what's happening because under the radar, Bob McNair has been – he's not been well. We haven't seen him. Cal McNair might be running the team right now. I would say he is. In the future, he is. He gave OB the vote of confidence, so whatever that's worth. But I mean, who cares? But, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I don't know what Cal's you, nobody knows what Cal would do anyway. What's Cal going to do? We don't know. So, I mean, that's that's going to be a big question moving forward. But, yeah, if, if the wheels come off just by pure embarrassment, they might have to get rid of. But otherwise, I mean, if they can do anything to keep it respectable, I mean, it's 50 million dollars. Or, or I've heard it's it could be up to 50 million dollars. They'd have to throw away four years you know, with him and his staff. I don't know how much he's getting paid, but throwing his staff and everything. And, and, and you're talking about tens and tens of millions of dollars that they're going to have to deal with. And I don't know what you do. Well, there. I mean, they kind of, I mean, the Osweiler contract was another one that they had to, you know, basically, you know, deal off and kind of. Yeah, that, that's a that's a Rick Smith move, I guess. But I mean, that you know, this comes down to the fact that the, the Texans, it's not just about being loyal. It's about, Hey, let's not re-sign a guy when he's got a year left on his contract. When we, I mean, 
we don't know. What's he done? Who are we fighting with to keep well, him? Well, you know what he basically got it on? He got it on the seven, uh, the, the games that Deshaun Watson started last year where the offense was incredible and scored in, in, in the 30s. Uh, and it was just, you know, in, and he threw, what, 19 touchdown passes in those games? Yeah, and if, is it Deshaun? But is it Deshaun or Bill O'Brien? And you can't judge a coach on six games. I mean, that's that's the wrong way. Like the best six games of Bill O'Brien's career, at least on the offensive end, the defense is a totally other disaster. Um, the offensive line was a disaster at that point. Deshaun was doing it pretty much himself with a little bit. With, I mean, obviously Hopkins and, and Fuller and stuff, but you, you can't judge a coach on those six. I mean, that's the Texans, though. They're, they're going to do Texans are going to be the Texans. That's I mean, that's what, what can I tell you? Anyway, that's all we got for this. We got to preview some more Astros. We might have a, a guest or two next week talking about the Astros series with the Indians. So stay tuned for that until we talk to you again. Have a great one, kids. Thanks again for listening. And if you're new to the show, subscribe to Houston Sports Talk on iTunes, Stitcher, or the TuneIn app. You can keep up with this show and my daily Locked On Texans podcast on Twitter and Facebook or by going to HoustonSportsTalk.net or LockedOnTexans.com. Touchdown!